Do you guys remember when the Nationals actually won? That was a fun time, wasn't it? What has gone wrong? You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, I'm your host, Ryan Clary. You can catch me over on Twitter or wherever, really, if you really want to, at RyanClary11. And of course, the show page at LO underscore Nationals. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Of course, today's show, we will kind of just discuss what this Nationals team has not done over the month of September so far. They've just lost their sixth straight game, and it's not looking good. What has gone wrong with this Nationals team? Well, I can pinpoint one issue right now, and this is an issue that probably and most likely will bleed into 2024 that is the starting pitching we'll discuss that a little bit later on in today's show and then of course Patrick Corbin and what happened yesterday was just another really really bad start from the guy didn't even make it through five innings which by the way was the first time that that has happened since opening day of 2023 he has made all these starts and is all, all of them besides opening day has gone five plus innings until yesterday's ball game, getting the pull around 85 pitches, four innings pitch, and it just wasn't a good one. And this is starting to be just the bad version of Patrick Corbin again. And now, has there been a good portion through 2023? There have been moments. There have been kind of glimpses of a few game stretches where Patrick Corbin has looked good. And it feels like he's dialing it back in. And then he kind of pulls you back out. Reality sets in. And this is still the same old Patrick Corbin that has been struggling since the 2020 season. And if you really ask yourself this, how much longer is this going to continue to happen? How much? Because at this moment in time, throwing him out there every five days, and he's under contract going into next year for his final year on the deal, how can you tell your team that? How? Seriously. With the way that Patrick Corman has pitched in 2020, in 21, 22, and now 23, the numbers are bad. They just are. When you have, and here's also the thing, Cade Cavalli, Tommy John surgery out for the year. Jackson Rutledge still developing and hasn't really done all too well in AAA as well. But how can you keep on throwing them out there and telling the guys in the clubhouse that we're trying to win? Because that's at the moment where you kind of sit here now and you're discussing this and it just makes no sense to me. Because right now, Patrick Corbin, in the first inning this year, has a 7.39 ERA. That is bad, and we all have kind of known this, and it feels like this has been a thing with Nationals pitchers all along, even dating back to Max Scherzer. Our big guys, the big studs, I guess Patrick Corbin technically isn't really one of them, but in this situation, he's paid like it, so he's in this category. They have not been able to get out of the first inning. 
And now you're seeing it with Corbin, which is by far and away his worst inning. A 7-3-9 ERA to be the first time around in the order, and you're giving up all those runs. Because in yesterday's game, we all saw the top of the lineup for the Mets eat up Patrick Corbin, Brandon Nimmo, Francisco Lindor, all the guys who are typically in that situation getting on base, getting the big hits, Pete Alonso with the sack fly, all the different stuff. And even then, this Mets team, they just took advantage of the opportunities when they came to them, unlike the Washington Nationals. Now, while yesterday with runners in scoring position, the Nationals actually weren't bad. They were three for six. But on the other hand, the New York Mets were three for four. They took advantage of the opportunities. And this is not a good New York Mets squad. This is a team that has kind of quit. This is a team that the Nationals were ahead of just of last week. But now we're 62 and 77. Meanwhile, the New York Mets are 64 and 74. And at this moment in time, it's going to be tough to really just kind of leapfrog them. Just for the simple fact of that this team and this Nationals team was once, at one point this season, was a promising, promising team. You had hope. We were on the verge of talking about a wild card. And now all of a sudden, the Nationals now, while they still mathematically can lose 100 losses, this feels like a 90-plus loss team again. And it's because of the last little stretch that they have had. Now, while you can all pinpoint really one common issue with over this losing streak, it's been the starting pitching. Headlined by Patrick Corbin. Trevor Williams hasn't looked good. Josiah Gray is in that mix as well. Mackenzie Gore hasn't made a start here in a little while, but you see the point. The starting pitching has been atrocious, atrocious in the month of September. And this kind of leads into a bigger conversation heading into the offseason. Because the Nationals signed Trevor Williams to a two-year deal. They do have an option this year, but at this moment, it's a player option. He ain't going to opt out of that. He hasn't pitched well enough. He has a five-plus ERA heading into the offseason, most likely. He's going to opt into it to get his bag. I can guarantee you that right now. So that's going to lead into a much bigger conversation. But I also kind of want to get into a little bit of a news dump here because Mike Rizzo, as we talked about yesterday, was on with the Sports Junkies today. And in typical kind of Mike Rizzo fashion, he was pretty honest. And we talked a lot about what Mike Rizzo has not really been saying over the last few weeks because he goes on there every Wednesday. And at this moment, or really from the moment of yesterday, we all kind of discussed this and how we were a little bit concerned with Mike Rizzo in the future. At least I was. I will admit I was very concerned for a slimmer portion of a few days there. But as the time's gone on now, and as he was answered the questions that being asked to him, it kind of gets to the point that I think Mike Grizzo is going to stay. And that's going to be an encouraging sign for this because this is what he had to say, not only about himself, but with Johnny DePuglia as well. Change is good. A lot of times change is good. When reports come out that it was a mutual resignation, I think you can believe it. But here's also when he was asked about his own contract situation because that's really what this has to be about. This is all what we want to hear. And when asked about him being in Washington, D.C. for the long run, he said, definitely, this is my home for 17 years. I plan to be here a long time beyond that. 
I'm happy here. I certainly want to be a part of the next championship club. Now, listen, this could just be GM talk. This could just be a front office talk and him just kind of covering his butt. But also, I believe it because I don't think he would have kind of put his foot in his mouth like this. Mike Rizzo is not like that. He's a very calculated guy. He's always been that way. So when I think when he's actually speaking publicly about this and his own situation with whatever it may be, with the contract extension coming up and all that sorts, obviously he didn't talk numbers. He didn't talk about the if they're having talks at all, but I can guarantee you they're having talks because he also didn't shoot it down. And he could have shot it down if that was a question in the organization or if he's questioning his future. So at this moment, I think as of right now, it's safe to say Mike Rizzo will be the president of baseball operations moving forward. And it's the right decision as well. Because as we saw in 2019, in 2009, when he took over the job, all the different years, all the different kind of milestones of his career, Mike Rizzo has checked every box when becoming and really discussing the president of baseball operations. You don't want to find out someone else if they can do it. We already know that this guy, Mike Rizzo, can do it. And I would see the best in all of baseball, see the best president in the entire bigs. Maybe not, but he's also up there. And I think he's probably in the conversation considering the track record that he has had. And still, while this team has been playing bad over the last week or so, you still can say that they're on track to be a much better team moving forward. Thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen today. And of course, the Nationals play the Mets tonight at 7.05 Eastern Time. Catch every pitch of the Nationals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. And again, let me remind you guys, Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens were going to be facing off in tomorrow's night's game, Thursday night, Harrisburg. But Paul Skeens has been shut down for the remainder of the 2023 season. That kind of stinks. But we'll still talk about some of that with Dylan Cruz. I also want to kind of want to get into some minors again as some Nationals guys, Brady House included, just whacked his first double-A home run. We'll discuss some minors and some prospects, of course, in tomorrow's program. But before we get into discussing this Nationals pitching in the offseason to come, because we all know this is a big one. This is going to be a big offseason for the Nationals because they can and they do have this opportunity to take the next step. And we all know what the issue has been in 2023. There's been a handful. Pitching has been, as a whole, a huge issue. But even pinpointing it directly to really one thing, it's been the starting pitching. The starting pitching has been bad. We'll discuss that and what needs to happen this offseason. And is Patrick Corbin really going to be a starter next year? Again, we'll discuss it all. But before we get into it, let me tell you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn sales. And are you struggling to close deals? Could Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. 
We call this deep sales and we built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash locked on. That is linkedin.com slash locked on for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash locked on and get started. And now we get back into it as the Nationals, they got an elephant in the room here. And let's start talking about it because it's getting distracting. This national starting pitching staff over the season, there's been some ups. There's been the first half of Josiah Gray and really the first three quarters of the season of Josiah Gray where you're wildly encouraged with what he has done. There have been a ton of moments with Mackenzie Gore looking really good. We all know some of his issues as well, getting the walk rate down really just trying to hone in on his stuff and making it even nastier than it already is. Jake Irvin, another rookie who has impressed immensely this year for the Nationals, in my opinion, and has already earned a starting pitching rotation spot in 2024, in my mind. But other than that, you have Yoan Adone, who basically, at this moment, has good starts every other start, which is fine, I guess. For a rebuilding ball club, you can do that. For a young pitcher, it's worth it to give him opportunities. And then you also have Patrick Corbin, who he's discussed a lot. He's kind of been the sitting giant in the room. You can't help but look around and see what Patrick Corbin has done and really just kind of be discouraged of where we are. Because in 2021, if you were to ask me two years later that Patrick Corbin is still getting shelled at the way he is, I would have told you no. It just wouldn't have happened. And now while no one's going to trade for him, I've seen all the trade rumors of Marcelo Zuna in the past, but even then I don't want him. That's a different story for a different day. But who was going to trade for Patrick Corbin? Maybe you can make the case that, yeah, he could probably be a little bit useful out of the bullpen. But what makes us dictate that? Because Patrick Corbin's never been a bullpen guy. And in my opinion, he still doesn't have his bullpen stuff. If this guy were to come out and just situational pitching out of the bullpen to get yourself out of a jam, to be a long-term reliever, what kind of value really does that bring to the table? Because Patrick Corbin is still, outside of Steven Strasburg, your highest paid player. He's got to perform like it eventually. We'd all agree with that. But even then, beyond all the issues with Corbin, You cannot sit in the clubhouse anymore and tell these guys we're trying to win with Patrick Corbin out there. And they all know it. Patrick Corbin knows it. I feel bad for him. I truly do. I don't think people should hammer him. He's got some tons of pitching issues right now. Who knows really what it is because it adds up. He's not walking a ton of guys. He gives up home runs. But even then... The fielding behind him, as we saw last year, you've seen a slight improvement with Patrick Corbin. I think some of that has to do with the simple fact that the Nationals' defense is better this year. But the elephant in the room heading to 2024 is the starting pitching because you have those three young guys with Gray, Gore, and Irvin that you want to see. We all want to see them. But when you have Trevor Williams as well, someone who in the past has never really been a starting caliber pitcher. This is someone who has been a platoon guy, someone who could make a spot start and get you a few innings. This is someone who's going to eat innings out of the bullpen 
And that's what he did last year at the New York Mets. And that is why he earned this pretty decent sized contract with the Nationals because Trevor Williams was the prized guy that we got in this offseason. But it hasn't worked out. And entering 2024, how can you also, because he's also in the same conversation as Patrick Corbin at this moment. How can you tell those guys that we're trying to win when you have Trevor Williams going out there? And it may seem harsh. It may seem tough, but it's true. The numbers just simply have not been there. And they haven't been there all year, in my opinion, for Trevor Williams. And we all kind of knew that this was going to come. At least I felt like it was going to come for the simple fact that his track record shows this. And heading into 2024, while you have Jackson Rutledge in the farm system, you have a couple other guys like Mitchell Parker, Jake Bennett as well. They're not really going to be in the mix to be in your rotation moving forward. At this moment, I think Jake Bennett will, but he's still a little ways away. I don't really think that he's going to be making the crack in the rotation anytime soon. You have Cade Cavalli coming back from Tommy John surgery in which he was a top 100 prospect as he should have been. He's been productive. He has huge strikeout numbers in the minors and he's been ultimately pretty impressive. But how can you actually go into 2024 thinking that you may succeed, thinking that this year may be the year that you take that next step when you have this pitching rotation step of just guys who simply are not getting it done. Because this Nationals team right now, the pitching staff as a whole, has the fourth worst team ERA in all of baseball. And their quality start percentage is in the bottom third of the league at 32% when league average is right around 35%. Now, while that may not seem all that much, that may not seem like the biggest difference ever, but you're still one of the worst starting pitching staffs in the game. And that in itself is simply concerning. And it should be because heading into the season, we kind of knew that the starting pitching would be better than last year because let's be honest, it can only get better. But heading into 2024, this is where we want to see the real growth. Now, if Josiah Gray takes another step up again, because he was an all-star this year and he looked like the all-star, he deserved to be an all-star this year. Is Mackenzie Gore also going to take that step up? Is Jake Irvin going to take that step up? Is Jackson Rutledge going to impress? And is he going to crack the rotation come opening day? Is name that kind of prospect, Cade Cavalli. Is he going to take that step up and be into the rotation? Because then there is a little bit of a clear path forward here. But there are two black eyes in the room, and that's Trevor Williams and Patrick Corbin. They've gotten beaten up all year long. And you're going into 2024, and if you're really going to have them in a rotation, how can you not expect them to not get blown up yet, yet again? Because at this moment in time, when you're throwing them out there every five to six days, you just know the result. It's painful. You can't even stand it. You can't even watch it. It makes you quiver a little bit. And now maybe it's just kind of the gloom or doom kind of resume that this Nats team has had over the last week that makes me feel this way, but it really is true. You just simply cannot have those guys be rolling every few days. It's not going to happen. And for a team that wants to take a step up for a team that maybe could be in wildcard contention next year, their offseason priority list outside of re-signing Rizzo in my mind is to get this starting pitching 
back in check. Because this was an organization that prided itself in good starting pitching. It's the reason why they won the 2019 World Series. It's the reason why they signed Patrick Corbin to that massive contract back in 2019 as well. You have to come to the grip that the fact that this starting pitching, it ain't good. And it hasn't been good for a while. And heading into the offseason, this has to be priority number one for what you want to do as far as on-field stuff. Because the Patrick Corbins of the world, the Trevor Williams of the world, that's not going to cut it in 2024. It's not. If you want to move them to the bullpen, which I think Trevor Williams will be that guy to move in the bullpen even over a Patrick Corbin, I think it would be a good thing because not only has he been proven to be good out of the bullpen, but he can kind of be your spot starter kind of guy. The bullpen guy who can do really anything. He's not going to come in and close a game for you. He's not going to come in and throw an inning when it's a tie ball game in the eighth inning. But it's still going to be of value to this ball club. And this national team needs any value that they can get from Williams and as well as Corbin at this point. So heading into the offseason, it's going to be an interesting one to see because, again, if you were to ask me two years ago, would Patrick Corbin still be going out there every five days and getting shelled the way he is? I would have said absolutely not. They're going to get rid of him. They're going to do something to help prevent this. But we're still here. It's September 6, 2023. And these guys are just still getting shelled around and starting to get a little frustrating. Thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And of course, the Nationals, they play the New York Mets again tonight. Their second game of their two-game stretch here against the Mets. And of course, tomorrow is an off day again. But you can catch every pitch of the Nationals hometown broadcast on the Sirius XM app. And as well, just look up the SXM app and just search Nationals there. Before we get into previewing a little bit of tonight's ball game, let's tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. And guys, FanDuel, get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers can who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday tickets from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now's the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and much, much more as tomorrow night, Thursday night football to start off the season. I'm going to take the Detroit Lions on the money line, so... Make sure to tail me there. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Now let's get back into it as the Nationals are taking on the New York Mets today and they are going to have to try to prevent a seven-game losing streak. This is something that this Nationals team, we kind of got used to this winning stretch. We got used to this team clicking on all really all four corners of the game. The bullpen was looking good. The starting pitching was looking good. The offense was looking good. And the defense was also looking good. You've seen web gem plays from CJ Abrams. You've seen some solid attributions from guys who are coming up like Jacob Young in yesterday's ball game, which I do want to highlight real quick. Jacob Young, what a performance. What is this kind of thing? Like we don't really expect this time kind of production 
from a seventh round pick. But so far, in getting in that leadoff spot yesterday, as CJ Abrams got the day off, and as well as Lane Thomas, Jacob Young kind of carried this offense in a way that not many people expected. Went two for four. He had two hits, obviously, two runs scored, an RBI. He had a walk and a strikeout as well. He's got a 720 OPS on the season and a 267 batting average. Jacob Young also had his third double of the season. This guy is starting to be impressive. And kind of as we talked about yesterday, he's that prototypical fourth outfielder. This is someone who has the skill set of an Adam Eaton kind of type. Not all too much power, good base path decisions, good base runner as well, and also just a solid all-around baseball player. But is the question, is this guy a starter? Is this guy just kind of someone that you bring off the bench? At this moment, he just kind of seems like that prototypical fourth outfielder type. I'm not really seeing anything that is special. Now, he is fast. He does have the speed. There's a lot of guys that also have the speed who just simply haven't really cracked it up in the bigs. But on the other hand, he's showing me something. He is showing me something. And at this moment, I wouldn't have really expected for him to kind of be this good so far. He's been solid defensively. He's been making all the right plays besides when he lost that ball in the sun and Josiah Gray yelled at him, but whatever. They're showing me something. And so as Yoana Doan tries to prevent us from losing seven straight games tonight, who else feels pretty damn confident about a down? I don't. Thank you all for making Locked On Nats your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, catch every pitch of the Nationals' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there as Yoana Doan again tries to prevent a seventh straight loss on this season. We'll discuss that on tomorrow's show. And of course, it's a day off tomorrow, so you know what? We're going to get into some minor league stuff, some prospects, Dylan Cruz, Brady House, James Wood, Robert Hassel, Elijah Green, all the works because minor league season is going to be wrapping up soon. And some of these Nationals prospects, some have been really good lately. Others haven't been all too good. We'll discuss all of that and more on tomorrow's program. But on this chance, please, Nats, don't lose a seven straight game against the New York Mets. I'll catch you on the flip side.